Versatility is, was, and always will be the name of the game, but who are the Gators' most versatile players? Find out here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and Giants Country FSI.com. Before getting into today's content, just going to ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is that you want to do. But thank you for joining me on this awesome ride so far uh and thank you to everybody that came by this weekend for the live streams and the premieres and all the bonus stuff that we had it was i think this weekend saturday and sunday combined had five episodes come out um it was wild it was fun and now we're getting back into it we spent a lot of time recently talking about recruiting we're about to talk more about this actual florida gators team the scheme all that fun stuff um Hopefully you can't hear the helicopter above my head for some reason, um, but I don't I don't know what it is, but it's happening. Uh, but we're going to talk about now the most versatile players on both sides of the ball. We're going to start with the offense. I got three players on each side of the ball, and I want to make it clear, which I will uh, I will repeat this throughout the show. But this isn't me just going. This is the best player. He's the most versatile, or because he's the most versatile. He's the best player. Um, that's not what we're doing here. But we are starting off with, I mean, arguably the best player or potentially the best player, I'll say. Anthony Richardson. Um, this one is obvious, right? Like like no one had even a, a minuscule doubt that he was going to be on this list. So we'll start it off with him. Uh, he is, I'll say most of the time, he's possibly going to be the best athlete on the field. Um and I don't mean, you know, I don't mean that he's going to be the best football player, but he's probably almost always going to be the most athletic human being on the field. If you take his height, weight, speed, his, it just in general athleticism, like the way he could change direction for someone as big as he is, is incredible. And it, I mean, Anthony Richardson, he's, he's a great quarterback, but he's one of those guys where it's like, I kind of want to see him try receiver, just like a, a, a wildcat play. I just want to see him try receiver and just, I want to see how he would run rounds. Because uh, he is just so fluid for a guy his size, and you don't see that. Um, but on top of that, he's also got a, a freaking cannon for a dude has a howitzer attached to his body, and he can just let it fly. So it's like you add that ability to throw the ball as far as maybe anyone in college football. Of solid accuracy, he's inconsistent. I'm not going to refrain from saying that. He's inconsistent. Uh, but he's also a tremendous athlete. It's like he's clearly one of the most versatile players in college football, let alone on this Florida Gators roster. Another player on the offensive side of the ball that is a very versatile weapon is someone that I'm a huge fan of. I know a lot of you guys like and a lot of you listeners like Naquan Wright. Um, we've spoken about Naquan Wright before where he is 
one of the my camera shaking because my cat is on my desk um he is one of the better runners on this team and i know that a lot of people call him a scat back or they, they want to say he's like you know he he's a shiftier guy that's what he's better at um he is a not a contact runner but he can fight through contact with relative ease um he's one of those guys where arm tackles aren't going to bring him down often He's got a, a solid base to break off tackles. He can stiff arm, spin you. He can do multiple things to create some space for himself, and that's something that's kind of overlooked in his game as a runner. As a receiver, we know what he can do. He's someone who can line up in multiple spots, contribute whether it's screen or running an actual route. Naquan Wright is one of the few running backs in college football that I can see him you know, run a legitimate expanded route tree instead of just running to the flats or swings or screens, uh, not just angles either, but watching him actually run multiple routes out of the backfield is something that I think we'll see with this offense. And Naquan Wright is going to be someone that should uh, should succeed there. And on top of that, pass protection. Naquan Wright, he, don't get me wrong, he's not Damian Pierce as a pass protector. He is not this elite pass protecting back. However, he can pass protect adequately and that's better than you can say for the huge majority of college football running backs um that's being a sound pass protector is something that's gone completely overlooked by the players and they just honestly haven't tried to learn to do it that much i remember when i was playing high school football um i've always been big on running backs that can pass protect and so i remember when i was playing high school football i was talking to one of my teammates who played running back and i was like look dude like you just gotta put your body on the line like just just put your body on the line there if they're too big and you're scared of the contact dive at their feet and hope that you cut them uh because because you got to be able to pass protect um he didn't he was bad at it he eventually lost the starting spot not because of that but for other reasons um next up and the final offensive player on this list osiris torrance the transfer from louisiana followed billy napier and his coaching staff to Gainesville. one of the best pass blocking offensive lineman in college football throughout his career and if he continues on the trend of how he's done as a pass protector in his 2000 something snaps with no no sacks allowed um if he continues that he could go down as one of the best pass protecting or pass blocking uh i don't want to say just offensive lineman but or just interior offensive lineman but he could go down as one of the best pass-blocking offensive linemen in college football history if he continues this insane trend. I don't care if he played in the Sun Belt, if he played with the Independents, if he played in the Mountain West. I don't care what he played in. If you can go four years of being a legitimate, consistent contributor and you don't allow any sacks, I don't care what position you're playing. It, that's what, 3,000-something snaps he would have played by then. If you could do that without allowing a sack, you are one of the best pass-blocking offensive linemen that we have ever seen. Uh, so Cyrus Torrance could become that. We'll see what happens in the SEC because it's obviously a much different ball game here. Um, and Osiris Torrance is a great, not elite, run blocker, but he's a great run blocker. He's got a ton of power, ton of tenacity. Um, I think that in this wide zone style, it kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Um, when you look at this wide zone style and running, it's like, oh, well, they're just moving in a specific direction, so you just kind of have to hit the person in front of you. I understand that, um, but and I think it gets kind of overlooked a little bit because it's more about working as a unit than anything else. 
But still, he offers blocking versatility that few players in college do, or even few young players in the NFL offer. So Osiris Torrance has to be on this list. We're about to talk about the defensive side of the ball, but quick a first a quick a first word, but first a quick word from Bet Online. If you think the Gators will win seven or more games this year, bet the over. If you think they'll win seven or less games this year, bet the under. And the reason that I'm starting at seven is because with Bet Online, the Gators win total is set at seven. So if you bet the over and they win seven seven games, you push, you get your money back. If you bet the under and they win seven games then you push, you get your money back. Um, and obviously, if they go over seven games and you bet the over, you win that. If you want to be dumb and bet the under, feel free. It's your money. Um, I, I could post my Venmo, though, if you're just going to donate money to people. I'm just saying, you know. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using BetOnline for years now, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's got football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, tennis, darts. Uh, I believe snooker is one of them. I believe polo is one of them. You can bet on League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Go, uh, which, again, I believe is global operations. You can bet on economics. You can bet on presidential elections in whatever country you're in. You can bet on uh, if aliens will invade and which country they'll invade first. You bet on anything. Check out Bet Online. That's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Now we're talking about versatility here that's been the name of the game and i mean especially when you look at this defense versatility i think is more important than on the offensive side of the ball um but defensively we're again starting with arguably the best player on the team brenton cox jr is a guy that i'm starting with and i'm also going to say that i did not put javon dexter on this list uh it is nothing against him it's just i think the other guys are more versatile i think that he is a dominant player but brenton cox jr when he's on, he is one of the best pass rushers in the nation. Um, the key phrase there being when he's on. Um, but he's also been incredibly underrated as a run defender. And I feel like part of that is because of that tendency that Brenton Cox Jr. has to, uh, I don't want to say just like stop playing, but he essentially stops playing on certain plays. He just gives up on our plays. Kind of once he's like, ah, too far, then I'm just going to stop. Even if the play circles back to him, he like doesn't react in time to get back. Um, but when he's on, he's a freak. And I think that that tendency that we've spoken about often for, I mean, since last season, we've been talking about it, where Brenton Cox Jr. will just give up on plays every now and then. Um, that's, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Like Not only because he's more bought in with this team, but because I don't think this coaching staff would allow it. Like, I think that, if we see Brenton Cox Jr. just give up on a play, we could easily see him bench for, you know, the remainder of the quarter, drive, game, whatever it might be. I think we could easily see him get a see him get get sat down a little bit there. So we'll see. Then also there's DeWan Black, who's technically another linebacker, but Brenton Cox Jr. is an edge rusher. DeWan Black is an off-ball linebacker. But like duh. I think we all knew DeWan Black would be on this list once I said I was gonna talk about defensive versatility. Because with Dewan Black, you've got someone who, throughout his playing career, has played at safety, he's played at linebacker, he's played at edge rusher a little bit. So I think it's important to have that one player where, um, I, I think it's important to have that one player where it's like, well, guess what? He can step into coverage easily. He could do that. We know he could do that because he was highly touted as a safety man as well. So we know that he can play cover. We know that he can come down to the edge and he can rush the passer every now and then. 
Um, I don't think it's something he should do often, but I think with his athleticism and his somewhat experience playing on the edge, I think you could see him step down onto the edge and kind of play that uh, somewhat frequently and being able to defend the slot because this is something that we're seeing motion becoming an increased part of college football. And a lot of times you'll see a running back motion out into the slot or out wide. And it's like, oh, will the running back, will the linebacker follow them? Because if they're in man and the running back goes out wide, you have kind of two options as a defense. You can go, okay, well, the corner is going to shift out wide further and cover the running back. And then you have the linebacker come out into the slot and cover the, uh, and then you have the linebacker come out and cover the slot receiver. And it's like, well, that seems a little rough. That seems a little tough there for him to do. But to one black, you don't have to worry about that. Like if it's Ventral Miller, or if it's Amari Bernie, then yeah, you should be concerned if he's paired up against a slot. But with the one black, I mean, I'd still be a little concerned, but it's like, if there's any linebacker that's going to do it on this team, I think it should be Dewan Black that has to step out in the coverage. So he kind of provides this defense with, um, I don't want to say a safety blanket, but kind of a safety blanket where it's like, he, he, he's not a complete liability in coverage if he gets matched up against a smaller, shiftier guy. He's also got incredible length. So, so I think having the ability to play in coverage, step down to the edge, and cover the slot is huge. We'll see about his run defense. That's something that's still a question mark for Dewan Black uh, because he didn't play defense last year. And before that, he was in Juco. So we'll see. But based on the tape that we've seen, I mean, he, he's great in coverage. Um, can come down to the edge, like I said, can play in the slot. We don't have to worry about it. Run defense. We're, I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't even need him to make these incredible block sheds or these incredible plays in the run game. I just need it to be... If there is a running back running free and there's a lane there, I need you to fill that lane and actually make the tackle. You know, if the defensive linemen are eating up all the offensive linemen, come down and make the play. And that's all I care about if I get from DeWan Black. I need average. I don't need fantastic. So that's what I'm looking at. And next up is Trey Dean the third is someone who I'm talking about. And I realize that the Florida Gators fan base and even my own listenership, um, y'all are very hit and miss on Trey Dean the third. Um, and I want to say... This doesn't mean that he's an elite safety at all. That's not what I'm saying when I say Trey Dean is one of the most versatile players. I do think he's a good safety, and I think he's uh, very overlooked and underrated by this fan base. I think that's something that I've been very openly clear about, that I think Trey Dean does not get the credit he deserves for being the football player that he is. But either way, I think you can say he can play multiple positions. He could pl- he could play a little bit of that deep safety, which he shouldn't. Um, Think, think I could say that fairly confidently, that he shouldn't play that deep safety much, but he can come down into the box. He could play that star role. If he's if there's a tight end or running back out wide, I'm fine with him stepping out wide and doing that. But I think that you have a safety who is also, by the way, um, he's going to be improved as a run defender or as a tackler, I'll say. He's going to be improved as a tackler this year than he was last year. So you have a safety who can play multiple positions and is capable of consistently operating in both man and zone defense fairly interchangeably. And, you know, I mean, if he, when he's rushed the passer, he's found some moderate success. Um, he, he wasn't asked to do it often, but when he did, he found some moderate success. So I think he's just got a pure defensive weapon there. And I've spoken about this before with trading the third, like with his size, his length and his athleticism, if you want him to 
if you coach him up to be an eraser of tight ends, he can do that. Like, like once you develop him, he can do that. Um, I don't know if he's going to have the time to do that with his coaching staff, but I know that they'd be working on it. And I'd imagine Corey Raymond is helping out there as well. But he can play multiple spots, and he can be a tight end eraser, which in a defense where – or in a, a college football game where you're looking at more teams utilizing 12 personnel and 11 personnel and actually playing their tight end, uh, that, that's pretty important because you've got – I mean, South Carolina this year has got Austin Stogner. You've got Utah in week one who's got Dalton Kincaid and Brandon uh, Queeth. Keith, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. Um, you've got Georgia, who's got Arik Gilbert, Brock Bowers, and all their tight ends. You've got a lot of tight ends in college football that are getting more and more prominent, more and more athletic. These are the guys that used to be playing wide receiver as just tall X receivers. Like Brandon Marshall would probably be asked to play as a tight end this year if he was a an incoming freshman. Um, so Trey Dean, you need a unicorn to guard a unicorn is what they used to say about Kyle Pitts, and that's what you're looking for with Trey Dean. You're trying to get someone who can play all those roles, cover all these positions, and that's why Trey Dean is one of the most versatile players on this defense. We're about to take a look at, this, at the Florida Gators in the NFL preseason. I'm going to visit them for a little bit. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about Florida Gators in the NFL preseason. We've got preseason. We've got two rookies and one sophomore player, a second-year player, and then the second-year player is TJ Slayton. But we'll get to that in a heartbeat. Sorry, I'm just checking out uh, this because I got a. I was tweeting about it and I got a notification about it. Um, but first up, Damian Pierce, Houston Texans running back. He was Florida Gators. I mean, phenomenal running back that was just completely screwed out of carries, and I think. Obviously, it's his first NFL preseason game, but everything that he did kind of was just like, yeah, we saw him do this in Gainesville. He just didn't get the ball often. And he didn't get the ball often in the preseason game either. Uh, He had five carries. I believe believe he played 11 snaps in the first preseason game. Obviously, not going to play much for a guy that you know, like you know is going to be playing for you. But five carries, 49 yards, 42 of those yards came after contact two forced missed tackles. Like, that was just Damian Pierce being Damian Pierce. He also had one target, which uh, he did not catch. It was a contested catch. He didn't come down with it. He was not asked to pass protect. He's not showing that off yet, but we know that he could do it. Um, but Damian Pierce is Damian Pierce. Like, like, he just showed us, like, yeah, this is going to be the same film that I put out in college. It's going to be the same film I'm putting out in the NFL. Like, I, I am who I am. And that's one of the things with Damian Pierce where you were, like, while evaluating him, you were like, we kind of know who this guy is. Like, There's not a question mark about him. There is, and I think that the ceiling isn't super high for Damian Pierce um, in terms of improving. I think he's a very, very good back already. I think his vision is great. I think his um, power as a runner is what I'll just call it. I was trying to think of like breaking tackle ability, but no, just his power as a runner is impressive and incredible. I think his speed's kind of maxed out. I think he's not a very creative runner, but he doesn't have to be. He's just going to run through your face until you decide that you don't want to be run through anymore. And so I think Damian Pierce is going to be a... I think he's going to be the Texans' leading leading rusher this year. Uh, I'll say that. Then there's another Florida Gators running back that's a rookie in camp this year, and that's Malik Davis, who did not get drafted, but he was a priority free agent signing for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we know this because he, they also took him on a thirty-two visit, on a thirty visit. They took him out on on these private workouts. They, they were doing a lot of work on Malik Davis, and it wasn't a secret that 
he was going to be a Dallas Cowboy if he went undrafted. I think a lot of people, myself included, or actually, I don't think a lot of people, I think few people, but myself was one of those few where I was like, I kind of wanted the NFC's team to draft him just so he doesn't go to the Cowboys. Like, I'm a Giants fan, so I don't want him on the Cowboys because I don't want him to be on a, t- on a team that I hate. But I was kind of hoping the Giants would be like that pettiness that we saw with uh, the NFC South a couple of years ago when Tommy Stevens, the Panthers had like a deal to sign Tommy Stevens as he went under, if he went undrafted and they made that deal before he got, before the draft ended. So the Saints traded into the seventh round and drafted him just so the Panthers couldn't have him. Like stuff like that. Uh, I was kind of hoping that the Giants would do to the Cowboys, but Malik Davis, eight carries, 51 yards, 20 yards after contact, two forced missed tackles. He also had uh, three catches on four targets for 16 yards with 15 yards after the catch. So he he did Malik Davis things like like we and I'm fairly confident he's going to make this roster. Like they like him clearly. They made him a priority for agent signing. They're giving him a lot of work in the preseason. Eight carries and three catches, 11 touches is not something you see often in preseason games. So clearly they're trying to see what they have in Malik Davis. And what they have is one of the better undrafted free agent signings of the season. Um, So Malik Davis is that guy for the Dallas Cowboys. He's working his way in there. Then the final player that we're talking about, TJ Slayton, defensive tackle, who, I mean, with the Gators, it was like, yeah, he's a, he's a two gap space eater. We're not going to ask him to do much. He's just got to eat space and let other players make plays. But TJ Slayton did not agree with that role. Um, he played just 19 snaps in the first preseason game. He had 11 pass rush reps. And on those pass rush reps, he had two pressures, which is not something you see from the nose tackle position often. And if he can keep that up, TJ Slayton and Kenny Clark on the same defensive line are going to be a problem. But, I mean, TJ Slayton, he, he's usually supposed to just eat blocks. He said, nah, I'm going to push the pocket this time, big dog. And that's exactly what he did. Um, So, I mean, TJ Slayton is proving invaluable right now if he can keep that up during the regular season. He also played eight run defense snaps, had two tackles and one run stop. I I think that when he got signed, uh, when he went to the Packers, um, we were like, hey, he's, we know what he is, but he's proving to be a little bit more than that. Um, I don't think this is the same situation as Damian Pierce from like, we know what he is. But then he's going to prove to be a lot more. I think it's T.J. Slayton and say, like, well, we know what he is right now and we know what he's been asked to do. Um, and as long as he stays there, we're cool with it. But he has pass rush potential. And he seems to be really working on that pass rush potential. And, I mean, that cannot be overlooked and overstated in the modern day NFL where it's like, yeah, we, we just want to push the pocket if you're on the interior. Push the pocket, edge guys contain, and just close it all on these incredibly mobile and incredibly gifted passers. And the Packers – have their guy that can help them do that now. And that's that's a scary thought given uh, how, how the rest of their roster looks already. So yeah, there's that. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators football team. Now make your second listen to Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Cordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage and the best conference, including the best university. University of Florida for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. This is W H O L E N I N E Sports and Giant Country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.